0: Good afternoon. My name is Ian Chan, Principal of Professional Learning and Development, and I am pleased to welcome you to this special CPA Canada podcast. In today's podcast, we will discuss the importance of planning and forecasting. After listening to today's podcast, you will gain a further understanding about the importance of planning and forecasting for both the long and short-term future, how to ensure successful planning and forecasting, the importance of data in making forecasts, and the impact of assumptions in making forecasts. On behalf of CP Canada, it's now my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Rob Tork. Rob is a senior manager in the financial accounting advisory services practice of Ernst & Young, where he works with a national and global team advising finance executives on a wide range of accounting and performance management issues. He has more than 25 years of experience in planning, forecasting, and budgeting across various industries, including the public sector, healthcare, utilities, financial services, and manufacturing. Rob is a member of CPA Ontario and is a frequent speaker for CPA Canada and AICPA. He also holds an MBA from the Schulich School of Business. Please join me in welcoming Rob. Good day, everyone. My name is Rob Torek. I'm a senior manager with Ernst
1: Young's Financial Accounting Advisory Services Practice based in Toronto. For the last couple of years, I've been hosting a webinar series or a virtual classroom with CPA Canada entitled Building a Dynamic Scenario Based Forecast. And it's based on that that I want to share some thoughts with you today. On planning and forecasting. For context and timing, I'm recording this on the Easter weekend in 2020 uh, as the world, in fact, not just Canada, is facing a pandemic uh, with due to COVID-19 that has caused unprecedented and historic economic ramifications and in the long-term budget ramifications for all levels of government. My objective today is to share with you some thoughts on Why organizations need to continue to forecast and plan for the future, both short-term and long-term. Some ideas on how to do that, both timescale, frequency, what some of of the forecasting elements might be. I'll talk as well about data uh, that you might want to use in, in, uh, in making a forecast. And finally, I'll turn to some of the assumptions or how to consider assumptions in making such forecasts. And then in closing, I'll talk about the future of this podcast series that I'll be doing with some of my colleagues from Ernst & Young over the next few days and weeks. One of the common questions I get from clients and other organizations, or complaints, if you will, about the the, the fact of forecasting, is that every forecast will be wrong. And in fact, that's true. Equally importantly, the further out you look, the more wrong you're going to be. That is also true. In fact, we know from looking back at some of the actions of our governments over the last few weeks, and this is not a criticism at all, but that the number of actions they took that changed based on the passage of time or decisions made literally from Monday to Wednesday were changed, or, or conclusions that were reached on Monday became out of date by a Wednesday. And that simply reflects the volatility of the environment we're in, as I said earlier, the unprecedented nature of it, and the need for governments and private sector to react very very quickly to changing circumstances and changing environments. So notwithstanding the fact that your forecast is likely to be and almost certainly will be wrong that is not a reason not to forecast. In fact I would argue that in the volatile world and environment we're facing today the need for forecasting has never been greater. I should point out as I have in my virtual classroom series that the, the goal of a forecast or the objective of a forecast is not to be right, but rather to simply lay out for yourself and the users of your forecast what might be possible, what might occur, or what could occur based on the trends and actions that you, other organizations, governments, and so on, are taking today, or might take tomorrow. Many of you will have heard the famous quote, not that I can recall who said it, that failing to plan equals planning to fail. And that remains true today. I don't think that our governments, I don't think that our private sector organizations or nonprofit sector can afford not to think ahead and look at what the evolution of this pandemic might be, both in the very short term, days and weeks, depending on the nature of your business, or months and even years ahead, and start to think about some of the actions they might need to take be they the continuing of the actions of today or changing them in order to improve positioning of the organization in the future. I would also argue that the cost of forecasting or the relative effort of forecasting and seeing what the future might look like under a given set of assumptions and scenarios and therefore having a, if you will, a playbook of potential actions you might take is infinitely less costly than waiting till those events occur and then trying to react to them particularly if that reaction requires you to avoid a negative event as opposed to taking advantage of a positive one. And I draw that distinction simply because the the reactions to negative events tend to be very, very costly and quantifiable, while not being able to take advantage of a positive outcome or a positive event, in effect, is lost opportunity, much less visible, and much harder to quantify. So I can certainly say to you that it is very important to continue to plan both in the short-term and the long-term, or both for the short-term and the long-term, and I'm using the terms planning and forecasting here interchangeably. For example, this would mean that your organization might have a pandemic plan, if you will, if you wanna call it that. It makes the assumptions that our social distancing rules and some of the the closure regulations or limiting regulations on business are lifted let's say in the first couple of weeks of May. Some of you may listen to that and laugh and say that is totally unrealistic. Others might say it's very realistic. Some might say it's a hope. And being right or wrong on that score is actually not the relevant part. The point is that should that outcome or should that eventuality come about in that time frame, what actions do you need to take now or in a couple of weeks to be able to respond to that? Equally, you should have a scenario that says, what if these rules and regulations and restrictions and so on don't get lifted until, say, mid to late June, maybe August, maybe after that it's the fall even, and under each of those scenarios, how does your organization need to react differently? In some cases, that's going to mean ensuring that you have cash preserved and assets preserved to be able to survive that length of time. And by by assets, by the way, I also include lines of credit or other financing opportunities that may be available to the organization. So survival being the most important criteria. And then how do you ensure that you are able to act at that point in time? What will your employees need? How will your assets come back online, particularly if you're in a physical manufacturing environment? How will your supply chains, both incoming and outgoing, be impacted, and how will they be restarted or continued? Will the goods you've kept on hand since this started be still useful? Will they have become stale-dated? Will they become outdated and unsafe to use, etc.? So, Under each of these different short-term scenarios or timelines I've laid out, your organization's actions need to be different, and therefore having plans of action, or possible plans of action, for a wide range of scenarios, both short to long-term, optimistic to pessimistic, are critical to being able to act at that point in time. The second part of what I wanted to share with you are some ideas on how to forecast. Let me start with the time scale of your forecast. Many have asked, you know, how far ahead is too far? And my simple answer is that you should forecast as far ahead as you need to and not a day more. Of course, practically speaking, that's not all that helpful to you. So let's look at a couple of different organizations. If you're in a retail world, potentially and most likely, your operation is closed today unless it's selling necessary goods, be it healthcare, food, and so on. So if you're in one of those environments, retail environments, that's closed today, the first thing to think about is what are the possible timelines to reopen, perhaps along the scenarios that I laid out a moment ago. At that point, you might be thinking, some of my customers will have not been able to purchase certain goods for several weeks or even months. So will there be a catch-up effect? Will there be a a bubble, if you will, of sales as folks come in to literally replace socks that may have worn out over the last couple of months uh, because they were wearing the same ones over and over again? Or because their work-at-home clothing was different from their work-in-the-office clothing? So you may be in, in an environment where those who have the the cash flow still and were able to work during this period and and or received government funding, suddenly have a pent up demand that your organization might need to respond to. Conversely, you might be thinking that the opposite will occur. That some of the spending that folks would normally consume, so the consumption that would normally occur, may disappear as consumers and, and individuals and families rebuild their financial position, especially for those who've lost incomes or lost portions of their incomes during this crisis. Again, it's not the importance of having the accurate forecast, but being able to think about both of these scenarios and how they might impact your business differently. In a few minutes, I'll talk about some of the underlying assumptions that you might make, and therefore, which of the assumptions might be valid under a different set of circumstances. When I think about the time scale of a forecast, i.e. something that's very short-term or long-term, whether it's measured in days or weeks or months, one of the considerations we need to think about is that your forecast needs to be able to look ahead and see what I'll call the inflection point. See where certain conditions or environments are changing or likely to change, and therefore, what time scale or what time point in time do you need to make a decision to avoid or take advantage of that inflection point? An obvious example, referring back to what I said a few moments ago, is to estimate a date when some of our uh, social restrictions and legal restrictions, business restrictions, and so on may be lifted. If you were to assume July 1st, just to pick a date somewhat randomly, then we need to think about the actions you need to take in the days, weeks, or even months ahead of that date so that you're prepared when it happens. And having that playbook ready, for example, 30 days before the restrictions are lifted, we need to do, let's say, labor scheduling. We need to start cleaning the place of business and the establishment. We need to provide and develop policies for our staff coming back to work, and so on. Obviously, that plan is not really gonna change a whole lot if my timescale slides to June 1st or August the 1st, but at least you have a plan in place of the necessary steps you need to take in the immediate days and weeks prior to or after that change in circumstance that inflection point as i called it without having that plan you're simply going to react to a sudden decision or a sudden announcement that you otherwise had no visibility to and you'll be scrambling to say oh it's being lifted in a week or two weeks or it's not being lifted now what do i do my suggestion in planning for the future is to build those scenarios build those plans up front tweak them as the circumstances evolve but then make your decisions or or execute your decisions based upon a set of plans and scenarios that you've already developed. Put simply, have a playbook and react to circumstances as they cause you to adjust the playbook. Don't invent the playbook on the fly. The next point I want to address is the frequency of a forecast. Should it be done every day, every week, every month? And the answer is yes, actually all of those, depending on the nature of your business. Obviously, if you're in the grocery retail business, you are replanning and reforecasting and reordering, perhaps multiple times a day, even. In other industries, weekly or bi weekly might be sufficient. And that forecast needs to be adjusted based on trends that you're observing. It needs to be based on events that occur, or changing facts, or changing assumptions. And assumptions will be the next piece of this conversation that I share with you. We also want to have multiple forecasts, something that I've referenced indirectly in the last few minutes, but we should have a range of scenarios that focus, that scale from the optimistic to the pessimistic, perhaps not the wildly optimistic or the wildly pessimistic, but in in the category of what I'll call realistic or the range that I'll call realistic. We want to have plans that focus on the very short term in the immediate days and weeks ahead, as well as somewhat in the longer term, be it weeks to months, or maybe a year, again, depending on the nature of your business. The more short-term the plan, the more detailed it can be. The further ahead you look, in all likelihood, the more aggregate that plan can be, or the less granular it should be. And those plans should also be built both top-down and bottom-up to ensure that the the two effectively have have to be in sync or have to be in harmony with one another. There's no point in building a bottom-up plan, say a sales forecast for the next few weeks, if it adds up to a number that you look at an aggregate and realize that there is no chance that will be met, or vice versa. In my virtual classroom series, I talk a little bit about a rolling forecast, or the concept of a rolling forecast, which simply means that as each period goes by, and these days that could simply be a week, not just a month or a fiscal quarter, We extend our forecast by that amount of time, and of course update the results of the the forecast with the actual results for the past period. And as I said, that could be a week, it could be a month. It's typically normal in larger organizations to do this quarterly. But in the environment we're facing today, you might re-forecast a little bit every week and look at what's changed, what trends have evolved, what facts have changed, uh, what happened in the business in the last week, does that suggest a, an inflection point or a changing trend? Or do you think it's noise based on random circumstances, be it good weather, bad weather, uh, good news, bad news in the underlying economy, and so on, and therefore not really something you want to plan for, be, for being a, a, a change in the environment, but simply random events of the last week? Let me turn to the second last topic, which is data. And that simply asks the question of what do you need to know What do you want to know and what are you simply assuming you know? Obviously what you need to know to run your business is very different from the what you'd like to have, which will help you run the business better. But it's not a critical element of data, a critical element of knowledge that will allow you to make the basic decisions. But I do want to draw a distinction between what you need to know versus what you assume you know. A couple of questions around assumptions will employees want to return to work? That seems obvious because a lot of employees have lost income in this pandemic and will continue to lose income for the foreseeable weeks and months. But that doesn't mean that the environment you're working in, your particular business, is conducive to having people want to come back to work. And even if they want to come back to work and are willing to come back to work, what what changing circumstances, what actions will you need to take? What physical changes will you need? in order to ensure both the physical safety and the mental health, the mental safety of your employees. A simple example is the implementation or the the installation, I should say, of plexiglass shields to protect cash registers and the the, uh, sales staff in retail environments today. Those didn't exist and were installed literally overnight by location, by location, by location. A number of bank branches closed temporarily. How do you bring those people back to work? What physical setup do you need to have in order to ensure that they are both willing and able to work and do so productively? What actions, if any, will landlords have taken based on the pandemic? Will they want certain environments or certain stores in their environment? What about complementary businesses? And I'm s- complementary, not complementary. In other words, whatever industry you're in, whatever business you're in. What happens to those that are selling complementary goods and services, and how will those affect the demands upon your business? How high or low are you, both as a business and an industry, in priority on the supply chain? Today, the focus is on food, medicine, and other healthcare products. But what happens a month from now or three months from now as the relaxation of the rules comes into play? So we need to think about. How we fit in the supply chain priority. Last topic, assumptions. Assumptions should be the focus of your forecast, and the reason is that these are the things that you can look back on and say, "What I'm expecting to happen did happen or did not, but it happened because the underlying assumptions were valid. Otherwise, it's simply a random event. The broken clock is right twice a day. Well, if I make an, if I make a forecast, at some point that will occur." I'm almost certain of it. The point is to assume when it will occur. We know that we're in a deep economic recession. It's almost certain, at least we hope so, uh, but I would say it is virtually certain that we will recover from that recession. The challenge is not to know that we will recover. The challenge is to know when the inflection point will occur to know when the recovery begins and roughly the rate of climb or the rate of growth of the underlying economy in terms of defining when that recession ends. Assumptions also tend to be evidence-based, and therefore we can look back and try to understand how accurate were we with our assumptions, and potentially what caused the assumption to be inaccurate, or what did we do to ensure that we made a good assumption, or that we happened to develop a good assumption. So I hope that helps you think about how to plan and forecast for the next few weeks and months as you look at your businesses. Of course, we'd be happy to help if that needs to be the case, and in helping organizations, I'm also going to be doing a series of additional podcasts with some colleagues from Ernst & Young talking about very specific aspects of planning and forecasting and to help organizations manage through the crisis. We'll be talking about closing your books remotely, quote, the remote close as it's often called, which is critically important, particularly in the calendar time frame we're in, as organizations are rapidly closing their books to the fiscal first quarter today, Uh, and we'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks, and likely the next close will also be remote. We'll also talk about some cash preservation and cash management opportunities or ideas that both we and some of our clients have been working on over the past few weeks and will continue to execute in the next few weeks. So with that, I thank you for taking the time to listen and hope you've
0: gained value from this podcast. Thank you. We thank you for listening to this podcast. For further information about CPA Canada and our available resources, I encourage you to visit our website at www.cpacanada.ca. This material is provided for educational purposes only. Although it has been carefully prepared and reviewed, the presenters and CPA Canada cannot accept legal responsibility for its contents or for any consequences arising from its use. The materials are meant to provoke and facilitate thought and reflection. The guidance provided to participants in response to these items is not to be interpreted as conclusive judgment on any specific situation and should not be directly applied to other situations.